0: every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the final real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million dollars stage shopify is here to help you grow whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person pos system wherever and whatever you're selling shopify's got you covered shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout at 36 percent better on average compared to other leading e-commerce platforms and sell more with less efforts thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star shopify powers 10 percent of all e-commerce in the u.s and shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, rothys brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs at every size across 175 countries plus shopify's award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com human2 that is all lower case shopify.com slash human2 so you're going to go to shopify.com slash human2 now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash human2 I've shared with you guys Babbel before. I love Babbel because it is so easy and convenient to help you learn a new language. We have been doing so much more traveling over the last few years and we are unbelievably blessed, but I cannot tell you how embarrassing it is going to another country and not even knowing how to ask where the bathroom is, how to order food or where you're going. It is simple things or even a hello. I've shared with you guys that before that I had a TikTok video go viral because I didn't know how to say hello in Swedish and it was very embarrassing. So Babbel is absolutely phenomenal. I've shared them with you guys before they do have a human two code for you guys it is s- such a convenient course to help you learn even the basics or whatever extent you want to learn in a new language and that's why I love Babbel, and that's why I want to share it with you guys if you guys are doing the traveling game like we're doing it is such a blessing to just be able to learn the basics and go further if you want to go further There is a limited time deal right now for Human 2 listeners. You're going to get 55% off your Babbel subscription, and this is only for our listeners. So you are going to go to babbel.com slash human2. That is babbel, dot com slash human2, and that's going to get you 55% off. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of I Think I'm Human 2. I feel like I haven't been in the studio in quite a while. You guys, my life is a mess right now. Um, We just got back from Sweden. We have had a busy couple of days and we're boot scooting, grooving, getting back into the rhythm of things. So... I don't want to like fuck with this mic but like also I want to fuck with the mic okay I hope it stays like that anyways so this week's episode I really want to talk about breakups toxic relationships leaving a toxic relationship Um, and knowing myself I know that this episode is going to be multiple parter um, because I went through a really long rough relationship for quite some time with an ex-boyfriend and I want to preface this episode by saying a few things. I am with my husband. I love him so dearly. He is the most amazing person on this planet. He knows I'm doing this episode. Um, and I always want to say that because I never know if there's some people out there that are like, why are you talking about an ex-boyfriend when like you're married? Do you still think about him? Like, I want I want to just preface it by saying the reason I'm doing this is because I'm so open and vulnerable about a lot of things and I'm not bringing up an ex-boyfriend because, oh my God, I think about him daily and I just, I just miss him so much and I just want to tell you guys all about him. It's not like that at all. Um, and the other side of things on his front, I do want to say I have no bad blood at this point. I don't know what he can say about me, but I, um, I'm sharing this not to stir anything up I'm not sharing this to talk bad on his name. I'm sharing this because this is my experience this was my life um, this is something that I watch a lot of people go through and I feel like I've never had a space to sit down and really talk and walk through the relationship that I had with him um, and I have I have people in my life now that I didn't know when I was with my ex-boyfriend.) I've shared BetterHelp with you guys before. It is the season of giving and giving yourself what you need mentally. I have shared time and time again that sometimes the holidays aren't easy for everybody. There's a lot of people out there where it's really hard. Your chest is heavy. Your head is heavy. Your heart is heavy. It is okay to go online and to talk to somebody about it. Get that steam out. Don't take that to the Christmas dinner. Don't take the anger. Don't take the mental load. Get it all out. And what is beautiful about BetterHelp, it is literally at your fingertips, whether you do it on your phone, your laptop, your desktop, whatever the case may be, talking to somebody, letting out that steam, letting out that stress. And they did give a Human 2 listener code. And again, it's the season of giving, y'all. Give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash human2. That will get you 10% off of your first month. Again, betterhelp, hel com slash human2. Happy holidays, y'all. It's funny because they're going, not funny, but they're going through similar situations. And I feel as if they don't listen to the advice that I have because they didn't know me when I was in that realm. And why I say that is when you didn't know me back in the day and you only knew the relationship that I have with my husband. How am I going to give relation? They're going to, somebody's going to sit and be like, Catherine, how can you even give relationship advice when you have quote unquote, this perfect marriage and you guys love each other and you're happy, you're healthy, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, Ruff and I do not have a perfect marriage. We do not have a perfect relationship. We are not perfect people, but we work very well together. Um, And when you give advice to somebody that's going through a really, 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 really really rough patch, um, and this could be to anybody, they think in their head, well, Catherine, what do you know? How do you know? You know, like it's easy for you to say, but I'm not giving advice because I have this great relationship. I'm giving advice because I've been in those shoes. I've gotten out. I've moved on. I've healed parts of me that I didn't know were worth healing nor could heal. Um, And now I am in a relationship where I feel so grounded, so happy, so healthy, so loved, so valued, so worshiped. Um, so I wanted to just start by saying those few things. So this episode, I want to kind of walk it. I'm actually thinking this will probably be a three-parter episode. I don't know for sure, but I want to walk you guys through my relationship in the pa- my ex my relationship with my ex from my relationship in the past because again, I want you guys to know the things that I've gone through. So, you can feel that relatable piece. So, you can feel like, okay, Catherine's been there. Like, she's been in, in shoes that are similar to mine. And I'm not just speaking from, oh, yeah, I have this great marriage. Like, everybody listen to me. I know how to work through things or I know how to find a good guy. And it's like, no, no, no. I know how to find a good person because I've been in the schmutz. We made it out the mud, okay? Made it out the hustle. Anyways, that was a joke. So, I guess let's just dive in, let's get started. I wanna get a little more comfortable cause I feel like this will be a this will be a hot minute. And then, so part one, I'm gonna just to kind of explain my relationship, explain like what we've been through or what I've been through, what I went through, um, kind of my storyline along those lines. And I know some people have like heard, I used to do, well, I'll get into that. Okay, so part one, I wanna kind of talk about what I've been through. Part two, I wanna kind of talk to you about how I made it through, how I've um, moved on, how I grew how I have gotten to where I am now. And then I also have a part three. Again, I don't know for sure if it'll be a part three or if it'll be meshed into two or wherever. Um, I opened up a questionnaire on Instagram and was like, what do you guys have question-wise on toxic relationships, leaving a toxic relationship, blah, blah, blah. The amount of questions that flooded that question box was mind-blowing. And again, I... On Human 2 in anything that Human 2 does, whether it's my podcast, Abby's podcast, Savannah's my podcast, and any podcast in the future, I want you guys to feel as if you have a safe space. But what's also mind-blowing as the creator is seeing how many people go through these things. It's almost heartbreaking. Um, it is heartbreaking because you've when you've lived the experiences and you know how struggling or how strugglesome it can be and how horrible... Um, And exhausting mentally, physically, emotionally, all the above. Um, You just feel for people. So let's get this party started. So I first moved to Minnesota in high school and I was 17 at the time. I believe he was 21. And um, because I moved here for like a year in high school, whatever. I met him at my old job. I was a host. I got a job as a hostess up here. And I met him then. I was still with my high school boyfriend at the time. So, um, my high school boyfriend and I were doing long distance because I was planning to move back to Florida, in which I did for a little bit of time. Anyways, so I met my ex boyfriend um, while I was with my high school boyfriend. And um, obviously, we were not, I was not dating two people at the time. But things like he was just very flirty. I was like, okay, like I kind of like this guy. He seems nice. Um, but I had had a boyfriend. So, I was like, okay, like no, whatever. And we had hung out outside of work a few different times um, with like friend groups because a bunch of people, like when you work in the service industry, a lot of people are really good friends. Everyone, that's kind of like how you meet your friends at that age um, and in that industry. So we would like get together. He was very fun. Never did anything with him. Never. It was never, it was just platonic. I went back to Florida and I just kind of realized like, you know, I don't want to be with my high school boyfriend. We broke up. Um, I ended up living in Florida for a bit and then finally when I moved back to Minnesota I was like okay now I'll give this other guy a chance so things at first were so good the love bombing is so fucking real y'all it's not even funny um and it's it's so hard because I didn't structure how I wanted to speak on this because I wanted it to be truly from my heart and not like trying to think of the right words our relationship was really, really good for about a year. Um, we were really good friends, actually almost best friends. Like we were together all the time. His family was amazing. They took me in. They not took me in, in the sense like I needed a family, but they took me in. Like I was just so, it was so cool. But anyways, so while this is all going down, like our first year, I had heard a lot of rumors that he was kind of a player. I was like, okay, whatever. But he was like, well, I never had a girlfriend other than like a high school girlfriend. And again, he's 21, 22 at this time now. He was like, so i never really had a girlfriend. Like, you're really my first real relationship. And I was like, oh, OK, well, like, obviously, that makes sense that you were a player beforehand. But more and more rumors were starting to spiral and like starting to come up. And and one day at work, there was somebody who told me he had actually had charges pressed against him um, for I don't want to misspeak. There was charges pressed against him by his high school girlfriend. I don't remember exactly what it was for, um, but obviously you're like, hmm, well, now what the fuck am I mixed up in? And I kind of sat on it for a couple days because I was like, oh, this is really weird. Like, what do I do? So I brought it up to him. And of course, she was crazy. She was psycho. Um, she did end up dropping the charges like nothing was pressed. He didn't have a criminal record of, that I'm aware of. His mom backed up the story. So I was like, OK, cool no big deal. Time progressed and progressed. We ended up moving in together. I was young, like 19, I think, because when I moved to Minnesota, I was living with my dad and my stepmom and I had younger brothers. And in my dad and stepmom's defense, I was at an age where my little brothers were in school. Like it was just too much to have an older child coming in and out late nights, blah, blah, blah. So my parents were like, Hey, like you have, I had really strict rules, which do I agree with? No, not necessarily, not necessarily because they pushed me to move in with somebody that I shouldn't have moved in with. They didn't encourage me to do that, but their rules pushed me to move out. Anyways, so I move out, I move in with this guy and Things, again, were decently good. We didn't have a ton of money. We were both really working hard. Um, He worked two jobs. And then, no, he was working still at the restaurant that we worked at. And then he ended up getting a job somewhere else. And then I think he picked up part-time hours still at the restaurant. So I don't really remember that much of the timeline. But I ended up getting really close with his mom. I loved his mom dearly. She was almost like a real friend. It wasn't like a mother-in-law. She was just a really good friend. And we were together all the time. And then I ended up like falling in love with his little brother. I loved his little brother. Um, His little brother was the same age as my brothers. So it was like all, it was like the four of us all the time. We were always like hanging out, having so much fun. And again, the rumors kept spiraling and kept going and of like, he's a player, he cheats on her all the time. And I was like, there's no way, like we live together. There's no way for this. One morning I'm waking up and I'm on my way to work. This is almost a full year of living together and um so I'm we're at like a year and a half of being together because we kind of moved in pretty quick together anyways um so he leaves his phone at home on accident while he was running late to work and I was like okay I'm just gonna go through this just to see I'm gonna prove everybody wrong there's no way he's doing any of this stuff sure as shit he was um And I don't, again, this is like such a gray area. It's almost like my brain kind of fogged it all out. I remember going through text messages. I took screenshots of everything. I sent them all to myself. I had found out he was cheating. And it wasn't just like one. It wasn't two. It was multiple. And then I went into his notes app. And mind you, at the time, he had told me he'd only been with five people. And I was like, okay, whatever. No big deal. Like, I don't fucking know. So... He had had a list of like 100 girls on his phone in his notes app of like their full names, which is fucking weird. Um, and I was like 90, 70s. So I was like way, way up there. And there was people after me. And I was like, mm, because we've never broken up. So like, how there people after me, man? This just kind of weird. Then there's another notes app. This is where it got really fucking weird. And this is where I started to get really sketched out. Not only was there a sex list, but there was a list of girls that he would meet out at a bar. For example, say he met Brittany. Okay. He had notes of Brittany, what she did for work. Anything that Brittany would tell him, he would write it down. Because if he were to ever run into Britney again, he would know how to speak to her and like what to bring up to her. There were so many women in there. He had caribou orders, which is like a coffee shop, like a caribou or Starbucks order of like their the girl's favorite drink. It was telling me that it was just, it was fucking weird. So I immediately freaked the fuck out because I'm like, okay, what the hell do I do? This is so awkward. It's so weird. And not only am I getting cheated on, but like he's low-key really fucking weird. Like... What do you want with these women? Like, why are you writing down their favorites? Like, there were some girls where he wrote down where they went to school, what they were majoring in, what their job was, what their favorite order was, all this shit. It was so weird. And um, I want to say it was because, I, again, like I said, I think it was so if he ever ran into them again, he would be able to quick pull up a list and be like, oh my God, Brittany, like, I missed you. Because he had so many people to keep in track that, like... Anyways, so I ended up... um leaving his phone on the counter. And I literally moved out that day. I picked all my shit up and I moved back to my parents' house um, while he was at work. And um, I left a note, I don't remember what it was, but I took all of our photos off the wall and I was like, this is done, we're done. So I moved in with my parents for quite some time. And you know, like when you get cheated on, things just change. Since that day, he was no longer my best friend. It was almost like a weird, different dynamic. We were still friends. Okay, let me get through this. Okay, so I'm moving to my parents' house. He's breaking down crying. Oh my God, you're the love of my life. I can't believe this. Blah, 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 blah. I would never cheat on you. I know the things that you found on my phone were old. They're a lie. There were so many text messages. It was ridiculous. So I don't remember how the storyline went down, but he ended up inviting me, like getting me to move back to the house, to the apartment. So I moved back into the apartment and it was just weird. After that, it was just odd. Things were different. I remember his uncle passing may he rest in peace and um, I was not 21 at this time so I would go to the uncle's funeral it was so awkward because it was like right after the breakup it was just like I was still so mad but I, I knew the uncle I knew the aunt I knew the cousin like I knew the family it just felt like I should go so I went and I was just holding so much anger so I was like okay I'm gonna leave early they ended up him and his mom and his aunt and everyone went to the bar afterwards he comes home extremely intoxicated And of course, I'm in a bad mindset at this point. So I go through his phone after the kid passes out. I go back through his phone. He had picked up the bartender from that night, got her phone number, was texting her. And I'm sitting here like, no. So I wake him up. I'm pissed. I like throw his phone at him. And he got extremely aggressive and he didn't get physical with me. But I went out into the living room and um, he went into the bathroom and we had this wooden panel over the bathroom and it was like something along the lines of like your home is who you live with not where you are blah blah blah, some shit like that I don't know but it was wooden panels he took them broke them over his knee and started chucking the wooden panels at me mind you they have nails in them so I'm like okay what the fuck I don't know what to do so I'm like I don't know if I call his mom I don't know if I call the police like I don't know but I'm not about to get beat like this is not about to happen and again anytime like any nobody should be in a, a predicament where you are getting abused physically at all ever um but if you are it's terrifying because especially if you're up against a a male um I don't know if you've realized but I'm a very petite female and um any fucking guy is going to be stronger than me so I'm like okay well I'm not allowed to but I'm not going to let this escalate so I call his mom I said I need you to come get him or I'm going to call the police on him because this is happening she comes to get him immediately the next morning it was like the worst thing he'd ever done he couldn't believe he did that I don't remember it I'm so sorry my mom told me everything and I was like okay Maybe he was just going through a lot because, you know, you're in love. You love them. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less efforts thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs at every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com human2. That is all lower case shopify.com slash human two so you're going to go to shopify.com slash human two now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash human two I've shared with you guys Babbel before. I love Babbel because it is so easy and convenient to help you learn a new language. We have been doing so much more traveling over the last few years, and we are unbelievably blessed, but I cannot tell you how embarrassing it is going to another country and not even knowing how to ask where the bathroom is, how to order food, or where you're going. It is simple things or even a hello. I've shared with you guys that before that I had a TikTok video go viral because I didn't know how to say hello in Swedish. And it was very embarrassing. So Babbel is absolutely phenomenal. I've shared them with you guys before they do have a human two code for you guys it is s- such a convenient course to help you learn even the basics or whatever extent you want to learn in a new language and that's why I love Babbel and that's why I want to share it with you guys if you guys are doing the traveling game like we're doing it is such a blessing to just be able to learn the basics and go further if you want to go further there is a limited time deal right now for Human 2 listeners. You're going to get 55% off your Babbel subscription, and this is only for our listeners. So you are going to go to babbel.com slash human2. That is babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash human2, and that's going to get you 55% off. Rules and restrictions may apply. You make They make mistakes. They're so sorry. They'll never do it again. So our lease ended up coming to an end and I was like, you know, I'm going to move back in my parents because we still weren't like really figured it out. So I moved back into my parents' house and I'm living there for the summer. I lived there the summer and I ended up meeting a girl out. Um, We were having so much fun. She became a really, really close girlfriend, loved her dearly. She was looking for a roommate. I didn't want to be living with my parents, but I also didn't want to move back in with him. So mind you, he moved back to his mom's house as well. So I was like, okay, I move in with a roommate her and I are having the time of our lives. I had just turned 21. Um, She was a little bit older. She had been through some shit. So like we were kind of just like the blind, leading the blind, having fun. I was kind of dating around at this point. And um, I was still off and on with my ex, not on as in the sense of like we were dating, but we were just like, we would hang out. We would go on a date. We would like still be talking, but I was still out doing my own thing. He was still out doing his own thing. This is... God, I look I was just 21 and I moved into a suburb. And this suburb is the suburb that hosts his local bar that my ex would always go to. And um this is actually the same one Raphael bounced at. And I would run into Raphael all the time. And Raphael also was seeing like he didn't know Raphael and I were not at the stage of really knowing much about each other other than we would bounce it like bounce into each other every once in a while. And come to find out years later, Rafael had seen everything that this kid was doing, but um, didn't want to tell me because he was like, I don't know your guys' relationship. It's not my business, blah, blah. That's a story for another day. So my roommate and I, we um, we were going out. We were having so much fun. We're up at a local bar, the local bar that my ex would frequent. And still to this day, I'm sure goes to every single week, multiple times a week, so I'm sitting at the bar and it's like a Tuesday night. This place is dead. There's three customers, two of which are me and my roommate. And so there's two bartenders behind the bar and they are talking about the swindler. And we were just like kind of laughing because we thought it was funny and we were like, ha whatever. And they're talking to each other. The bartenders are talking to each other, but like they had knew who we, me and my girlfriend were. So they were kind of like, they're talking to each other, but loud enough for like us to hear. And we were, they knew we were listening and they thought it was kind of funny. Like, I don't know. And we were, like, laughing along with them. We were, like, oh, my God, this guy sounds like a dickhead. Like, this is so wild. This is what the bartenders are saying. They were, like, yeah, this guy, like, he's just, he's always in here. Um, He will get girls drunk. Like, he'll order them drinks. He'll continue to, like, flirt with them, pay their tab, and then they're too drunk to drive and offers to drive them home. And they were, like, it's just very sketchy. Like, I'm, like, they literally made a comment of, like, I hope he's not, taking advantage of them once they get home and I'm like ugh, like both me and my roommate are like this is disgusting like I can't even believe this and one of them made a comment and they were like yeah apparently he has a girlfriend but like nobody knows who the girl is like blah 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 and I'm sitting here like ew that's weird I don't remember exactly what was said but it was something about Facebook and obviously my ex and I were friends on Facebook at the time And they brought something up that the guy had posted. And I was like, "Mm, I'm pretty sure my ex posted that almost exact same thing today. And I go, by chance, what's this guy's name? And they said his first and his last name. And me and my roommate looked at each other and we were like, no fucking way. It was my boyfriend at the time. Again, kind of on and off, but it was still like, ew. The fact that you're up at a bar getting women intoxicated enough to go to not be able to drive home. So then they have to rely on you for a ride and or an Uber. But I mean, if you're flirting with them all night and they're intoxicated, I'm sure they're going to be like, yeah, you can take me home. So that was a very hard pill to swallow because I was like, well, this is fucking disgusting. And also how do I bring this up to him? He's going to be like, well, where did you hear this information? Of course, it's going to be the bartenders. I also don't want to put the bartenders in a very awkward position it was just this weird old ordeal. So months went past where it was just kind of like, and I was just young and dumb. Like I was not the girl to go sleep around. I was not the girl to date around. I'm a very loyal girl. Like I really love my person. Like I like to just have my one solid person. And I felt awkward in that dating stage because I was like, my ex was telling me it'll get better. Like I'm working on myself. Like I love you so much. I don't want to lose you. You're the best thing I've ever had. Um, we've got a real future together, blah, 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 blah. I want children with you. I want to marry you. I'm like, okay, so maybe he can work it out, you know? (laughs) So I stayed kind of on and off again. I was still like dating around kind of like, I don't want to even say dating around in the sense like I was, seeing a bunch of guys like going on actual dates. I was just hanging out with like my girlfriends, their friends, their guy friends, their boyfriend's friends. Like we were just always around other people and it was males and females. We were always just having a good old time and it was so much fun, but I was always feeling pulled back to my ex because I was like, I was just attached to him. I just had that attachment. I didn't know why until I went to therapy and I'll get all through all this. So there was a couple different times where like he really just scared me. He was getting like, kind of possessive during that time frame because it was like he knew I was starting to pull away. And when they know you're pulling away, they find a way to pull you back in. There were so many encounters, the text messages between the two of us. And let me just say, I was not picture perfect. I was not this perfect person. Again, I'll get into all of this later on. So we ended up, me and my roommate at the time, kind of had a falling out because of my ex. I was still seeing him and she did not like that she wanted nothing to do with him valid and I owe her an apology still to this day um because I let him control too much of my life and I ended up then losing her as a friend um and at this point like my family didn't really want much to do with me because they didn't like him nobody was really on my side nobody wanted to be around me nobody liked him he was atrocious so then really all my friends were were his friends and his girlfriend's that he had had for years and one of his girlfriends ended up becoming one of my absolute best friends but it was just a toxic relationship and a toxic friendship too there where it was like tell me everything but like I'm gonna use it all against you type thing it was just very weird and I don't know how that storyline even works but they're now still friends after everything anyways so now I have nobody I have no friends other than his friends I have no family other than his family I have nothing other than him 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 So what do I do? I ended up moving downtown because I was like, well, my roommate and I kind of, again, we parted ways. She moved downtown Minneapolis. I moved downtown St. Paul. My ex and I move in together downtown St. Paul. And it was so weird because it was like, I did not love him in the way that I used to love him. I loved him, but I was like done with him mentally. So we had moved in, God, what was it? What month did we move? February? I want to say it was February. And... I don't remember how or what went down, but he was just being really sketchy. I knew he was still cheating. I knew he was seeing other people. It was just fucking weird. And I just kind of got fed up. It was just really weird. All summer long, again, we moved in in February. We didn't even have a relationship. It was so weird. We slept next to each other, but we wanted nothing to do with each other. I hated him. I wanted nothing to do with him. He wanted to hang out with me. I didn't want to do anything with him. So, I was hanging out with my friends. I was going to the bars. I was hanging out with anybody and everybody. I was having so much fun. I was making new friends. I was living downtown. It was so much fun. Over the summer, I was kind of just like running around doing my own thing. We ended up being at the same place every night. It was weird. This actually, I don't know if you've ever heard the story, but Raphael and I ended up, um, I came home one night and I was walking Ebby in the park that we lived off of. And Raphael actually, oh, excuse me. Raphael actually drove past me. And... I was so far removed from my ex, even though we lived together. And Raphael was like, hey, I would love to like get together. Like, let's hang out, blah, blah. And I was like, "Mm, like, unfortunately, like I can't, like I still live with my ex. Like, and that's like the the weird part. I never even knew if I was calling him my boyfriend or if he was an ex-boyfriend at the time. Because again, like it was just literally so off and on that it was almost like it was always on, but it was always off. So I never even knew what stage we were at. So Raphael was like, hey, like, can I kiss you that night? Because there was, that's, there's that's such a weird story but like the way I met Raphael years before all of this and through all of this Raphael and I consistently made like bumped into each other like I said and um there was always there was always an attraction there but we didn't really really know each other there was just an attraction that night Raphael's like can I kiss you I was like unfortunately like I really just don't feel comfortable with that like I don't want to be known as the girl like well one that's not me and two I didn't want to be known as the person out downtown like, what if my neighbor saw, you know, like, that's just weird. And I didn't want to do that. Um, Raphael respected it. We moved on a couple months later. Um, my ex, I went, um, he was in the shower. I went through his phone again. And that night it was just different. It just changed something in me. I think it was because I was just over it. I was so tired of him. I wanted nothing to do with him. Um, I went off on him and I there was a girl that he was talking to in his phone that he had cheated on me with previously. And so I made a public post about them on Facebook. This is so stupid, but I did. And he flipped out and I was like, you need to get out of this house. Like, I don't care what you do, where you go. I don't give a fuck. I want nothing to do with you. You need to move out. So a couple of days goes past. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember what started it but he decided to get physical again. So I want to say I made some slick remark. I want to say it was me that started it. I know for sure it was me that started it. I was talking shit. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember what about, I don't remember what started it, but I basically was like, I want you out of this house. Like move the fuck out. Like, because I was trying to get him off the lease, but unfortunately you can't do that. It was this big ordeal and he was not willing to sign. Um, and so things got physical and I remember we were downstairs because I had a two-story loft and we were downstairs in like the long hallway and he grabbed me by my throat which right away females any male and anybody out there listening if it is around the throat any sort of strangulation grabbing anything along those lines that is an automatic felony that is considered strangulation that is not okay okay. I want to just say that flat out. Like, I do not care what situation you've been in. Not a single soul should ever have the intent to grab you by your neck. Ever. Ever. Whether it's funny, whether it's a joke, whether it's serious, whether you love them or not, it doesn't fucking matter. They can kill you and they will kill you. That's the craziest part about domestic abuse is one in how many die. I don't know the statistics, so I'm not going to say it directly. But Raphael and I talk about this shit all the time of like, He does not want to work with domestic abuse victims because in his heart, he can't take it. He hates what they go through. And unfortunately, they go back. Most women go back. I don't have statistics on it. I'm sure Raphael does, but I don't, I don't know. But he said it was so discouraging. These females that wanted more for their life, they wanted to be more, they wanted to do more. They had the tools, they had the resources, they had the support, but they had too much love. And he was like, there was too many times where I would sit with a female and I would walk her through and I would be on her side and I would, I would do everything to get her the help. Her family was ready to step up and she ended up dead. And so I just remember looking at my ex while this was all happening and I just remember seeing in his eyes something was gone. Like it was almost something came over him and it was like, I genuinely thought to myself, am I going to die today? Like I'm like, is this it? So then you go into fight or flight and I was like immediately I'm like fighting for my life because I was like, what the fuck? He slammed me up against a door frame. I had a full, like, um, I had a full bruise, like a straight line of bruising all the way down my back where my back hit the door frame. I had bruising on my chin and on my neck. And I wanna say I I scratched the fuck out of him. I wanna say like I cut him pretty deep. And um I So what ended it is because there was a knock at our door. And it ended up being my friend that I met through him, the girlfriend that I was really close with. She heard everything. So she like knocks it because she was coming over. She knocks at the door and she's like, we need to call the police, blah, blah, blah. And at this point, his mom was kind of like no longer close with me just because of the bullshit. Again, I was toxic too. Not in that sense, but I was very verbally abusive to him because of how horrible I was being treated that that was my only defense I would just treat him like shit and I would talk like shit to him and um so his mom I think was kind of fed up of me at this point so I call his mom and I was like hey like I don't know what the fuck to do but like this just went down I want you to come get him out of this house he needs to move out blah blah she goes she spazzed on me and was like what did you do to make him do that um that's not my kid and if anything that's his house too blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well then I'm calling the fucking police on him. Like what, what do you want me to do? Like, I don't care how bad an an argument gets. You do not lay your hands on anybody ever. And as a woman raising a male, I would want you to make sure that you instilled that in your son as well. Of like, don't fucking lay your hands on people, anybody, much less a female, much, much less your partner. So I ended up, um, calling Raphael. Fun fact. I called him because he was the only person that was like, he wasn't going, like it wasn't calling a cop. It wasn't being like, oh yeah, I'm pressing charges. Like help me out. I was like, hey, from a legal standpoint, what do I need to be doing? And he immediately was like, you need to go file a report. He was the one that told me anything around the neck is strangulation. And he was like, you need to get out of that house or he needs to get out immediately. I don't know what you need to do, but you need to figure it out, file domestic. Because if you file domestic, then you can get him off the lease with no questions asked and you can remain in the apartment. So I go down to the police station, I parked outside and I just sat there like, how do I press charges on somebody? I don't wanna ruin his life. Um, I didn't want to press charges on him, not for myself, but for him. Parts of me now looking back, I regret because if I were to ever find out that he did this to somebody else, I don't know what I would feel if I found that out. Um, I would feel a lot of guilt for sure. So I ended up going in and I spoke to somebody and he did take my photos cause there was bruising. Um, the officer was very nice. He was like, you don't have to file a report. You don't have to file whatever, um, but I will be taking your statement just in case. Um, I did not give his name, my ex-boyfriend's name. I just said, this is what happened. I have a report. So if anything in the future to have happened, I at least had it on documented record that something had went down between him and I. Um, and the officer was encouraging me to press charges. He was also encouraging me to give the name to at least say, hey, buddy, we know like what's going on. You need to remove yourself from the house. Um, and I didn't. I, we came to a conclusion. He decided to move out. I think he was kind of scared because I was like, dude, I called the cops. Like I went to the police, like just so you're aware. Um, cause I, not as like a scare tactic for him, but more of like a, (laughs) please don't do this again. Cause like I'm fucking serious. Anyways, he moved out, um, and things went up from there. Everything ever since that, the day that it was actually completely done, we had no contact after that. I blocked him on everything. I blocked his number included. You miss him because you're, it's change. You're used to seeing them in the house. You're used to knowing them. I immediately moved apartments. I moved um, a couple months after that. Not even. I think a month after that, I ended up moving um, to another floor, to another unit. Because I wanted him to believe that I didn't even live in that apartment complex anymore. Um, and I don't know. It was just odd he tried to remain in contact there was something of his grandfather's that his grandfather had passed and him and his grandfather did puzzles together and the puzzle was left at my place and and of course that's not something I'm going to throw out that is actually something I really am happy I didn't do because parts of me wanted to be a petty bitch and be like fuck you but I would never and I could never so I reached out to him and I was like hey mind you this is like two months after we broke up and he moved out and I kind of had a feeling that he was probably with somebody else, but I didn't know for sure. And I kind of heard rumors that he was seeing somebody else, but didn't know for sure. And then um, I had him come pick up this puzzle. I was like, "Hey, can you stop by this puzzle? Like, meet me at our old apartment complex, blah blah. blah. You know where to go." When I go to put the cu- puzzle in his back seat, because I like ran downstairs and he parked on the road or whatever. And when I came downstairs and I opened the back seat, there was children's car seats in his car, and I was like. I just looked at him funny. I was like, what the fuck? And he didn't say anything, but I was just like, there's no way you've moved on with somebody this fast, but also she has children. Does she know? Okay. So I was like, whatever. It's not my responsibility. I ended up um, getting into therapy and boy, did we have a lot to work through in therapy so, when I sat with my therapist a couple different times, um, I was just kind of explaining like what was going on. And obviously, this is her diagnosis. This is not a diagnosis from his psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever the fuck. She was like, You definitely were dealing with a narcissist. He was obsessed with manipulating the fuck out of me. He knew how to do it. Um, I also believe he was a sex addict, truthfully. Um, And I don't know it's just so crazy the things that I had to sit through and go through and rehash out and there's so many things when I tell you every single day let me not say every single day let me not be dramatic five a minimum of five days a week there was some sort of fucking drama with this man every single week over and over and over again I was just constantly struggling I was constantly with a gray cloud I was constantly feeling like shit. I ended up going through a time frame while I was with him where my body was actually shutting down on me. I was down at the Mayo Clinic nonstop. They thought my kidneys were failing. They had no idea what the hell was going on with me. They said I had dirty blood. Like they were like, there's so many things that are going wrong. And they thought it was stemming from my kidneys, but they couldn't get an actual exact answer of what it was. They were like, we have three, they put three different titles on me of things that I had and it was all stemming from the kidneys and, and blood issues and blah, blah, blah. But they're like, we don't know what's coming from. Is it your kidneys causing bad blood issues? Is your blood causing bad kidney issues? And I finally met with an internal diseases doctor and he looked at me and he was like, the way you look on the outside versus what is on your paperwork on the inside like what's coming back on your lab results he was like I would have thought you would be in a hospital bed he was like I'm shocked you're up and walking and you're beautiful like I don't what is going on he was like these two these lab results and what you look like are telling me that these lab results aren't actually what the diagnosis that they thought it was was and he goes I need you to change your lifestyle let's start there and I was like what do you mean he was like how much do you drink and I was like all the day all day every day I'm always drinking and he goes okay what do you eat and I was like not much. I drink Starbucks. Okay. Well, how much Starbucks do you have? I was like probably three a day, and then I go to the bar. And he goes, okay. Well, one. That's the caffeine intake and the liquor intake are probably why your kidneys are looking the way they're looking. Um, which granted, liquor and caffeine are processed. What, anyways? So he goes, are you getting good sleep? Are you do you have a lot of stress and anxiety? All this stuff. And. I was on all these medications, it was crazy. I literally thought I was gonna die. I remember one of my doctors down at Mayo Clinic telling me, I need you to do a healthcare directive and I need you to do a living will. Um, because we just do not know what is going on with you. That like, you, it could be random. You could be like one day you're just up and gone. Like it does not, they didn't know. When that internal doctor said that to me of like, I think it's a you problem. Of like, I think it's something going on and your body is paying the price for whatever the fuck's going on in your head they encouraged me to sit with a psychiatrist or a therapist, whatever. Um, and when him and I broke up and he moved out, it took a long time for my body to get back to stabilization. But a few months went past and I was starting to feel better. It was so fucking weird. You guys, it was like, I was a whole different person. Mind you, I had gained all this weight. I was feeling like shit. They were, te- they were checking everything under the sun. Thyroids, it, literally anything and everything. And they could not figure out what it was. As soon as I removed him from my situation, again, it took quite a few months to get stable. After like the mental, you got to get through that clarity. You got to get through, or the haze, you got to get clear. In May of the following year, I felt great i had not taken a medication since that month i actually ran out of my meds and i never got back on them and i went in for lab work a couple of months later because they were like hey let's get you back in it was almost like it was two different patients they had they were like what the fuck is going on and um i sat with that same internal medicines doctor and i kind of just said like here's what's up i'm still regular like they check my blood regularly when i go to a doctor Um, just because they want to make sure nothing is wrong but I haven't had any issues and it's so weird it is so weird because I'm like how can you physically cause or how can you mentally cause a physical illness I don't understand that Um, again it has a lot and it wasn't just the ex-boyfriend it had a lot to do with the lifestyle that was caused because of the ex-boyfriend the bad mental health the bad lifestyle the lack of sleep the constant stress and anxiety And that's something, even after losing my dad, a lot of people don't know. Grief, anxiety, all that stuff can make you physically ill. And people don't believe that. I have a little brother. One of my little brothers was going through a lot of, like, issues after my dad's death. And it was all physical issues. And when he went into the doctor, the doctor went through all these fucking tests for this kid. Everything under the sun. He was like, yeah, you could definitely eat better. Vaping's not good for you. Don't do that. But he was like, there's no explanation for what's going on with your body and he goes I think your mind is denying its grief and your body is paying for it and my brother was like yeah 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 and I'm sitting here like that is so fucking real you guys that is so unbelievably real you have no idea no idea and so I say that because there's so many women out there that are going and not men too I don't the statistics are much larger for women so i'm speaking to a female based population here but i'm not denying that there's male abuse as well um when you're going through something so traumatic like that it becomes a trauma bond and that's why a trauma bond is called that your body has gotten so physically attached to this person they don't know what else to do with your body doesn't know what else to do without them So when you break up with somebody and you move on and and you're working through it, those few months are miserable because your body's going through, it's almost like a, um, when you're coming off of a, over like a, it's like when you're getting clean, what is it called? Fuck, I'm blanking. Anyways, it's almost like that where like your body's coming clean and you're going through, fuck, you guys know what I'm probably trying to say. Do, 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 do. Detox. You're detoxing. So when you're in that detox phase, that is a miserable phase to be in because not only have you just lost this person, so you're just already sad, you're down bad, and now you're even more down bad because you're feeling like all these things. So you're like, well, if I'm miserable away from him, why not just get back with him? Because I was miserable with him. And if I'm going to be miserable without him forever, then fuck it. I'll just be with him. Eh. That is something I want to speak on, on how to move past and how to get stronger and how to stay away because... It's a phase, it's a detox phase. Everybody will come clean eventually. It's not gonna kill you, it's not gonna break you. It's just you have to mentally push through. And you can say that for anything, whether you you have a drug addiction, whether you have an alcohol addiction, whether you have any sort of an addiction, because being with toxicity, that is an addiction. Your body is physically addicted to that person. The chemicals in your brain are physically addicted to the chaos. They, are, they, they live. Have you ever heard of the saying, I live in chaos and I thrive in chaos? That is a dependency because that is what your brain is understanding. I have to be in this. Like I need the constant stimulation. I need the constant chaos because it's just what I'm used to. And when it gets quiet, you're stuck alone with all these thoughts and it's too much. You break down, you shut down and you're like, I'd rather live in chaos and I'd rather thrive in the chaos than suffer in silence and in peace, which is such a wild thing. But I went through that of a couple months of just feeling like shit and I was like, damn, whatever. But like I was I knew and that's something that I I tell people all the time. They're like, how did you get out of it? I think you a lot of women have to move on while they're in it. Start to remind yourself what he's done. Start to make a list like you don't have to cut cold turkey and be like, fuck you, move out bye, I'm done with you because you want to start moving on. Ellie's me this is my advice don't this is just take it with a grain of salt in my eyes I wanted to move on while I was with him I wanted to see the day-to-day shit that just drove me fucking nuts that was so unattractive and I wanted to be like ew, ew. like I remember looking at him so many times and this is mean this is really mean I don't necessarily from a medical like a therapy standpoint I don't think they would agree with this but in my eyes, this is what helped me. I remember being in the car with him and looking over him and being like, you're one ugly motherfucker. Like everything you do is dis- just disgusting. Like you're disgusting. Your actions are disgusting. The way you talk, the way you look, the way you speak, the way you drive, the way you walk. I started to physically turn myself off from him every single day. Where I say I had a lot of toxic behaviors as well is because of stuff like that. When I first got cheated on, the years before we ended up breaking up, I treated him like shit. Again, I was very, very verbally abusive to him as well as he was to me. I was just mean. I would call him names. I would call him things. I would bully him. I would make him feel really bad about himself because it was the only thing that I could do that would have weight on him because that's how miserable I was. And that's not fair. I should have had the strength and I should have had enough backbone for myself to walk away then because nobody should have to sit through that. I don't care what he's done to me. I should not have let him lower who I was as a human being to come to his level. And I regret that. And Raphael and I, when we were talking about this episode, because him and I talk about a lot of um, topics and like, and the future of the podcast and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, unfortunately, when I first broke up with him and I moved and I was living alone and blah, 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 I was, that was when TikTok first started. And I would do story times and I would do stuff and I would share his business and, and I would tell his stories, which let me just say, I don't regret at all. He did those actions and if he cannot listen and hear back what he's done to other people, that's not on me, that's on him. So just to clarify there, I do not regret any of that. But that following that was from coming from that was now still is still with me to this day those females are still here they're still chugging along they're still supportive they're still here they're still reaching out but I felt like maybe it's my time to finally sit down and talk about my relationship with my ex and Raphael and I were sitting here talking about it and he was just like no I think it's good Um, I think it's good to get out there's a lot of people that go through it and I had said to him, I was like, if there were ever a time where my ex, and I were to ever be in the same room and now in the headspace I'm in now and the life that I'm living now, I can go and say, I'm sorry. Cause I am sorry. I should have never said the things that I should have, that I said to him. I shouldn't have belittled him. I shouldn't have bullied him. I shouldn't have said the stuff that I said. Do I think I'll ever be in the same room to apologize to him? Could I hope he forgives me for the things that he said to me? Yeah, I hope so. Cause obviously I don't want anyone out there sitting here thinking that I'm this malicious person because I try really hard not to be a cutthroat go for the kill jugular girly but I was with him and again I don't think he'll ever be in the same room with me to even just be like hey like and it's just let bygones be got bygones I'm not sitting here saying like I want that even but parts of me do owe him an apology but just as much as he owes me one as well so it kind of goes both ways that like maybe he's in the same mindset of like you know what like I really fucked her over. I'm really sorry about it, but we might not ever be in the same room to apologize. So let's just let bygones be bygones. Maybe he's like, fuck this bitch. I hate her. I can't believe she's going and living this great life when she bullied the fuck out of me for quite a few years and and I retaliate. Whatever. I don't know. I'm spiraling there. Something I do wish, especially because so over the years, um, to my knowledge, he's still with that same girlfriend that um, had the children. And if they're together for this long, you would just hope that things are different, things are better. I really hope he learned from the relationship that I had with him. I really hope he um, grew. I hope he learned how to treat people. I learn. I hope he learned that um, she can walk away just as easily as I could walk away. I hope he treats those children with respect. I hope he treats those children's mother with respect because those kids don't deserve to be raised with um a man in the house that's showing them nobody and i'm not speaking just them i'm speaking literally everybody out there i think so heavily that i let the abuse go on for so long because i had nobody to move on for i had it was just me and i didn't value myself enough but i hope any woman that's going through this and especially especially if you have children in the house they're watching everything they hear everything They see it all. They do not deserve to be raised in a house where they're scared. Um, They don't deserve to be raised in a home where they feel like they're in chaos all the time. Peace is boring. When Raphael and I first got together, and I'll talk about this in another part where I talk about like kind of the moving on stage and like the learning and growing. um, Raphael and I really struggled at the beginning of our relationship because I didn't know what peaceful relationships were supposed to look like. And to me, it looked boring. To me, communication, solid, healthy communication, I didn't know how to do. I ran away from. um, When it got quiet and there was nothing to do, there was nothing going on, I would pick fights because it's all I knew. And now I've started to learn, I'm gonna cry saying this, coming home to a quiet four walls is the best blessing I've ever been able to give myself and my husband's ever been able to do for me. He does not know how much of a blessing it is to just come home to a person who's stable To a person who I know what I'm going to get from him. I don't feel like I'm walking on eggshells when I walk in the house trying to vibe him out. Every woman deserves that. Every man deserves that. Every child deserves that. To come home to a home where you feel at home. You feel at peace. You feel comfortable. I can't tell you how many times I unlocked my apartment door not knowing what I was walking into. And I feel like I actually had it pretty easy. I feel like the, the few times he got physical was pretty low. Um... So I can't imagine the people that are out there going through it on the daily, but I just want to say there are out there. Um, you deserve more. You deserve to stand up for yourself. Um, you need to find your own backbone. You need to find your own strength. You need to find your own path. You need to find how to take those steps and you need to take the steps. It's going to be lonely. It's going to be hard. It's going to be um, confusing. It's going to be miserable for quite some time. And It's a struggle. It is a struggle. I remember not being able to pay my bills on my own. There was many times, especially when I was going through the medical stuff, I had no money. I literally was negative. I had no money. I did not know how I was going to pay rent. I didn't pay my car payment for months on end. I thought it was going to get repossessed. I think actually the only reason it didn't get repossessed is because it was in a locked garage overnight and then they didn't know my work address. So I think that's literally the only reason And then COVID hit and I got stimulus checks. And that's the only thing that paid off my car balance. Um, So I get it. I know some women out there that have way better scenarios. I know some women out there that have way worse scenarios. But at the end of the day, it's doable. It's feasible. It's hard again, but it's doable. So I'm going to wrap up this episode. I kind of wanted to just explain a little bit of the relationship again um kind of walk you guys through just so again when when we get to the next episode of how did I move on um all those fun things you have a little bit more of an understanding that I'm not just speaking this because I just think that Raphael was this great guy and I know how to find a good one no no I knew how to lose myself pick up the pieces move on um build myself back up and then become the woman that I needed to be for the man that I wanted in this lifetime and I found it. But I do say I'm thankful for the shit that I had to go through for the simple fact that I feel like my ex taught me so many things in one man that some women have to go through 20 men to learn. Um do I regret? No, I feel like everything in this lifetime happens for a reason. I feel like I was there for a reason. I remember there were so many times where I said I'm just going to marry him. I'm just going to have children with him. And that was the other thing. Then I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to have kids with him. I'm just going to get pregnant because there's nobody else out there for me. So I might as well just have a kid. Like, I know his mom will love the child. I know my, like our family will take care of the kid, blah, blah, blah. There was points where I literally was like, I'm just going to get pregnant. Fuck it. Because that's how low I felt and how belittled I felt. And there were so many times he told me no one was going to love me and nobody was going to love me the way he did. And I'm sitting here like, oh, thank fucking God. But back then, when you're told that nonstop, you're just like, maybe it's true. Um, so it took me being at the lowest of the lows to get out. And again, I'm leaving out a ton of pieces and parts in this storyline um, because it was just such a long four years that there's so much to go over and there's so many stories I could tell. But I really just wanted to get through the main the main pillars um, so then we can talk about how I grew, how I moved on, and hopefully something in the next episode will help anyone out there listening that might be going through the same. So I love you guys so much. Um, I will see you next week and that's all. Bye.